The advice given in this podcast is general in nature. If you require personalised medical advice, please see your healthcare professional. This podcast is not affiliated with the views of our professional employer and any real-life accounts have been appropriately de-identified for confidentiality purposes. This is 1% Stronger. Hello, guys, and welcome back to another week of 1% Stronger. Hey, guys, how you going? (laughs) So funny. As soon as you said hello, Duke just, like, looked at the phone like, hello, who is this? (laughs) Uh, Yes, as you would very well know, guys, uh, for those who are in Melbourne, we are back in a quick little five-day, hopefully no longer lockdown. Therefore, we are back uh, to Zoom recordings, which no one Um, likes, but we do what we have to. Absolutely. I can't say I was overly surprised. I feel like there was a lot of speculation surrounding us going back into lockdown, but I'm very, very hopeful that we will come out within the five days that we were quote unquote promised. Um, I'll be bitterly disappointed if they take this, this is a chance to run with another six weeker. Um, so I'm really hoping that this is just a short little stint because that'll be fine. I mean, from my, I'm obviously no epidemiologist. I'm no like a public health, like absolute whiz. That is not our area nor my area of expertise. However, it does make a lot of sense. Um, the purpose totally. of five-day lockdown and the way that it is like scientifically going to hopefully work to bring it back under control that so that we can go about our lives. We just have to hope that I guess all the members of the community parties all run like a smooth little operation machine and we can yeah go back to our regular lives because I am very much like acopic with this lockdown and I'm very ready already to be able to do not that I think I would be doing anything else right now but just like I just want to be able to leave my house for like no apparent reason or not feel guilty for having forgotten something at the supermarket and going back for the second time or you know just the little things just like having the gym back open I know I'm just going to the gym I mean I'm working from home the next couple of days so I suppose my life is not affected as much as other people's would be but I totally agree that I feel like I'm kind of stuck at home and I don't know what to do and can't really go to the gym and I don't really want to go to the supermarket so I've been trying to make the most of my time at home I've gotten really stuck into a puzzle as I was saying to you just before I'm obsessed with it and there's no one here to stop me and I'm getting zero work done but I'm here for it <laughs> well that is much better than my obsession Geordie was doing some needed to do some work over the weekend and I was like oh god what can I do I was like I really don't feel like sitting down and you know reading my book would already like done exercise walk the dog and I was like oh Maybe I'll just like play around on my computer. Found that I had The Sims uh, and have Ooh, been like low key, low key playing it for like two days now, off and on, just being like, well, I've got nothing else to do. And I just feel like my brain has turned into mush and it is not good for me. But <laughs> I will continue to do it because I have nothing else to do. Um, Love it. With all of that said, Amanda, give us, hit us with your recommendation for this week. My recommendation this week is a two-part documentary that I watched with my boyfriend the other day. (laughs) It's the Tiger Woods documentary, which is super random. He's super into sports and I couldn't care less about golf. I, before this, wouldn't even count it as a sport. I know, shoot me. But my mind has (laughs) changed. My opinion on Tiger Woods has also changed like 180 degrees. I was talking to Justin the other day and the reason, so to preface this conversation, the reason why we decided to watch it was because we started having a conversation around who is the greatest of all time athlete in your opinion. 
And we were talking about top three and he brought up Tiger Woods. And I said to him, look, to be fair, I don't really care how good he is at sport. I have no respect for him because of everything that went on. However, after watching this documentary, I have to say I have a much deeper and more educated understanding of all of the ins and outs of his life and his career. And I've got to say, I really respect the man. All righty. Well, I might have to watch it because <laughs> I feel like I just like, I don't, I feel like when the Tiger Woods sort of scandal came out, it kind of like washed over me and I was a bit like, why should I care about this? Because I know why I should care about it, but like, I was a bit like, ah. Eh golf a bit irrelevant like another sport uh, kind of rolled my eyes kind of thing so maybe I do need to watch it because I'm a bit just like if someone says Tiger Woods I'm like yeah he's a good golfer that's you know he slept with some women that's like kind of the extent of my knowledge and respect for him is yeah based around that I I was much the same but it is an easy watch it's just a two-part one and a half hour each part documentary on binge I'm pretty sure so really really good so I will Get on to it. Pop it on my list. Excellent. Tell me about your recommendation. Well, very, very just completely 180 from last week. Um, no, I'm being sarcastic. It is another <laughs> recommendation of exactly the same podcast as last week. So Ologies by Ali Ward. Again, my friend Olivia came through with the goods after um, this weekend, our flights to Tasmania for our best mate's wedding got cancelled. And so we were stuck at home and not in the state and it was I was so grumpy and depressed and sad and crying and she was like I know it's not going to make life any better right now but listen to this episode of ologies because it is just like the most cheerful like upbeat passionate episode you could listen to and I did and it was just so I don't know mood lifting so uh, just cute is kind of the best way I can put it anyway It's called Dendrology, which is the study of trees with a guy called Casey Klapp. Um, kind of like he, dendrites, like branching off things. Is that something that we learned in uni or am I making shit up? No, no, it makes sense. So, um, yeah, no, <laughs> it's about trees. Um, and essentially okay. they interview this guy and he's just so passionate about trees and he knows so much and uses like perfect metaphors and it just makes you want to go out and like, hug every single tree and wow. just appreciate the living being that it is and it's not one that's going to make you be like oh my god save the trees like we can't possibly try, like cut another one down it's not that way whatsoever it is just like sciencely based around like can trees talk to one another like do trees have feelings like what happens to trees and all this kind of stuff and I just it was very beautiful and very inspiring to find someone who was just like living their best life so inspired by something that is so mundane to the average person and yeah I just found it really lifted my spirits a little bit so if you guys are in need of something along that line please listen to the it's like an updated encore episode now because she's sort of come back and re-interviewed him with some further questions and stuff because it was so popular so have a listen to that um on wherever you guys stream this podcast and any other podcast from Love it. Sweet. Thanks for that. Um, With that said, why don't you introduce us to this week's topic? Well, this week's topic, as it is absolutely no surprise to anyone at all, because you've all clicked on the episode and therefore read the heading uh, or that headline, whatever you want, the title, whatever it is, um, 
we're gonna have a little chat this week about libido aka your sex drive um now yeah i think a good thing for us to sort of preface this episode with is that it links in really nicely to a couple of previous episodes that we've done um those being on periods and contraception which may not sound like oh my god how does that link in but we talk about a lot of the same key sort of sex hormones and their roles within our body so um i think before we jump completely into it um preface it with highly recommend you guys have a scroll back have a listen to those two episodes in particular come back to this one or if you enjoy this one maybe even if you aren't female maybe if you are go back have a listen to those episodes i think they all link in really well along the same sort of tune together Brilliant. Well, with that said, we may as well jump right in. We might start off this episode with talking a little bit about what libido is specifically. And we have already described it as your sex drive, but a little bit more specific to that. It's essentially a word that's used to describe a person's desire for sexual activity. So there's no metric really for measuring somebody's libido, but generally within our society, it's become acceptable to describe it as being either high, so increased arousal and desire for sexual activity or low so having a disinterest or a minimal desire for sexual activity exactly right and i think it's sort of either something that people like don't think about as in like they have a high or a normal sort of libido nothing to worry about or it's something that you think about quite a lot if it's on the lower end so i think it kind of is an interesting topic for interesting topic for us to have a chat about for those who maybe like don't think about it all that much, maybe. Totally, totally. So Maddie, what is it specifically that actually creates our libido? So this differs between males and females. So our libido is largely thought to correlate with our hormones. Um, that being said, it's kind of difficult to scientifically measure as libido is a, is a feeling. It's not exactly, as we said, there's no measurement of it. There's no sort of thing that you can grasp or, you know, easily quantify in order to measure um, libido, but they believe it to be linked to these key sort of sex hormones. Um, oh, so I say like sex hormones in inverted commas as they're commonly known. Um, so for women, these are estrogen, progesterone and testosterone. And for males, sort of more in, it is testosterone. We can't ignore the fact that estrogen, progesterone play a role in testosterone production, but predominantly just testosterone for males. Cool. So we're going to break down each one separately for you guys. And we'll start with women because essentially we're speaking from experience here. Um, but just before we do jump into that, as an important side note, I will just say that we do appreciate and acknowledge that not all people with vaginas or ovaries or people who produce estrogen and progesterone are going to identify as women. Just for the purpose of this episode, we're going to be using heteronormative language and examples, but we do not want to feel like we're excluding anybody. We're just speaking from our own experiences. So if you have different experiences, if you're from the trans community, if you know somebody who is, or if you're an expert in that field, we would absolutely love to hear from you. A hundred percent. I think without sort of our own expertise in that area and sort of, I, I feel like we as to cis women don't want to sort of speak on behalf of a community that is not our own and that is not our experience so hence today our example our explanations are going to be that of your typical um 
sex, female and male. That's right. So with that being said, throughout a woman's cycle, which we spoke about in our period episode in a lot more depth, our hormones really fluctuate in order to facilitate different functions. And this might include things like ovulation, menstruation, and a continuation of pregnancy, etc. Um, our libido will fluctuate here as well. So throughout the first approximately 14 days, building up to ovulation, estrogen levels will increase. And usually it's during this time that our libido does as well. And around the time of ovulation is also usually where a woman's libido is the highest. Um, so an increased chance of fertility sort of means or well, equates to essentially increased libido. Yeah. So essentially, as we mentioned our period episode, our cycle, every cycle, our bodies are essentially gearing us up to get pregnant, whether that is our conscious sort of actions and desire to do or not. Our body and all of our sexual reproductive hormones every month as a woman are going to prepare us for that um, pregnancy and to conceive and our libido here is absolutely no different it is going to increase around the times where we are most fertile when those hormones are there and regulating in preparation for pregnancy to give us the best chance to become pregnant so it is absolutely no surprise that naturally our libido should rise around that same time that's exactly right. So our libido is increased around the time of fertility. As we were saying, estrogen then will dip towards the end of the cycle with progesterone increasing, which then causes a decrease in libido as we have a reduced chance of getting pregnant at this time. So as we then begin to menstruate due to a rapid drop in progesterone, there's an increase in libido. So as we can see, the cycle repeats, it fluctuates predominantly with our hormones. That's not to say that that's going to be exactly how it goes for every single person in line with their, um, with their menstrual cycle, but that is generally what our hormones do to correlate with our level of sex drive. Yeah. Um, yeah. So as an overview, as a golden rule of thumb, when progesterone is low and estrogen is high, our sex drive is generally at its highest. Um, and I guess a little preface to make here, this is obviously um, for women pre-menopause. Um, so later in life as menopause or pre-menopause sort of comes into play, the ovaries stop producing as much estrogen and therefore those hormones obviously going to have a bit of a change. Libido there is also likely to decrease as we go get older and as we go through that sort of menopausal stage as well. That's exactly right. Now, of course, like we said, this is all very typical by the book in an ideal world, how your hormones should make you feel kind of an explanation. This is not the rule. As we always say, everybody here is different. Every person is different. And our sex drive is certainly no exception to this rule. A hundred percent not. I think everyone has a different level of libido, different sort of, I think we're coming to a, a greater sort of term in society now we are more okay with different kinds of sexuality and I think there is again as is with sort of most things these days a bit of a spectrum and that can include our libido as well as to what is normal for us that's exactly right so with that being said let's talk about male libido <laughs> yes. I don't know why I'm so excited for this <laughs> <laughs> I, <Sorry>. mean, <laughs> I mean I mean me too 
so as we're aware from our basic anatomy, um, males don't have cycles and they don't have the sort of same complexity of sexual hormones as women do. Um, but put quite simply, the male libido is built by testosterone. And rather than fluctuating over a 28-day or a monthly cycle like women, male libido fluctuates around a 24-hour period. That is no surprise to me whatsoever. Wow. This is why males can quite often have a higher libido than females because they're not waiting over a 28-day cycle to come back up again. They're just on a day-to-day basis here, guys. Um, So more often than not, male libido is highest in the mornings when testosterone levels are highest. Um, As most of us well know, it is not unusual for males to to wake up with um, morning wood or morning glory, or if you're completely oblivious um, and have no idea what we're referring to here, an erection in the morning. So a physical sign of their increased testosterone and libido around that time. Trust men to rename having an erection in the morning as morning glory. <laughs> yeah. I literally had to Google terms it. for it because I was like, what, what, are, what are the children calling it these days? I'm sure it's not like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but with that being said, generally throughout the day, the testosterone levels do decrease, creating a decrease in libido with it generally being lowest at nighttime. And I can speak from experience. That's not always true. <laughs> Not always true, no. <laughs> um, as we say, just a general rule of thumb with hormones, but obviously everyone obviously changes deep. Like, yeah, there are always going to be different things around the rule here. Um, now, male libido is typically thought to decrease throughout the lifespan as well. Testosterone levels generally peak around the late teenage to early 20s in years and then slowly declines after this. Yeah, brilliant. So, Maddie, apart from hormonal effects, what else can affect our libido? Oh, wow. Um, Where do we start? (laughs) There are a number (laughs) of factors, physical, chemical, uh, uh, psychological, sorry if I can use my words, um, which are believed to have an effect on the individual's libido beyond our hormones. These are a number of factors within our life that, as we say, can sort of move you around from the rule, can affect your hormones, can have you feeling different things at different times, rather than the sort of typical by the book that we've just described. So to start with, one of the biggest ones that I found in the literature on was stress, and it speaks for itself, really. Um, Sex is essentially a relaxation, fun activity for the body. It's also, I guess, perceived by the body as used to procreate. If you're in a state of stress, your body 100% is going to be like, we do not need a pregnancy right now. We do not need sex. This is a non-essential part of our lives. Um, and it's actually difficult for us to get that same level of arousal where and where, when we're in a highly sort of cortisol or stress state. Yeah, totally. And continuing on your point of that fight or flight mechanism our body has, a lack of sleep can certainly induce a level of stress onto our body as well. We know if you guys have listened to our sleep episode that this can have hugely profound impacts on our hormones, on our menstrual cycle, on our libido, of course, and our ability to procreate. Our body prioritizes recharging over expending more energy. So if we're super underslept, tired, fatigued, exhausted, I I can imagine that our libido is going to be one of the first things to go. 
hundred um, percent. Adding on that list, some medications are actually found to lower our libido. Most commonly known are antidepressant and anti-anxiety medications, but also randomly some like uh, blood pressure medication has also been found to reduce huh. libido. Yeah weird little strain I found there in my research, but most commonly known antidepressants and anti-anxiety medication. I know for some people um, who have previously taken antidepressants, um, it's been a real sort of make or break thing that's made them as a side effect deter and, and try a different medication because of it. Um, but depending on you know a person's preference, how they feel, that kind of thing can obviously alter that, but it is a known side effect of some of those medications. There you go. That's good to know. Um, with medications as well comes medical conditions, of course. So there could be a range of things that could reduce um, your desire to have sex. Of course, the obvious ones such as erectile dysfunction in males. I think STDs are a big one as well. There's a huge stigma around having an STD, yeah. particularly yeah. one that might be visible um, or something that might be painful or playing on your mind a lot. So that can be a huge driver um, in decreasing a person's libido. Yeah, 100%. Um, alcohol and other recreational drugs, which is kind of contrary to societal beliefs, you know, have a have a few drinks, go home with someone kind of line of thought. Um, but alcohol, as we know, affects our performance in the bedroom. Um, it can lower inhibitions, but may actually decrease our libido itself. So our actual sexual desire is decreased, whether or not that actually in, results in our, you know, us going forward with it or not. Um, completely different thing in itself to actually having lowered inhibition and sexual encounters and the actual libido itself is just decreased. Doesn't mean we can't or we won't have sexual interaction, but your actual libido is often dampened by alcohol and recreational drugs. Yes, of course. And of course, mental health conditions as well. Of course, we know our, our big ones, anxiety and depression, we can imagine that those are going to be having an impact on our sex drive. But of course, having, you know, post-traumatic stress disorder or having some kind of previous sexual trauma or poor self-esteem, these are going to play a huge role in a person's desire to have sex as well, particularly if it's, you know, soon after the incident, if they've got unresolved issues, if they are still facing the issues that they were before. Um, and if, you know, they feel like there's a trigger that happens as a result of a sexual encounter, even if it is consensual to begin with, um, these can all have huge implications. So we all know that I don't have to tell you guys this consent once does not mean consent for the entire duration of the experience, the, the show, the, the journey, whatever you want to call it, the event. Yeah. So making sure that our partner is always comfortable <laughs> with what we're up to um, and that making sure that we're comfortable at all times as well. I could not agree with that more. Um, lastly, from this formative list that we kind of came together with is diet. So extreme calorie deficits are actually going to decrease our libido. Again, same as, you know, we spoke about earlier. If you are, you know, in such a calorie deficit, your body is definitely going to be prioritizing sort of less energy expenditure kind of things. Um, and that includes sex. So we often have a decreased libido with a decreased caloric um, intake. So just another one to be aware of without diving too deep into that. Um, That's it. And guys, these are all one percenters. As we always say, the list doesn't start and end here. These are a couple of examples. They might all apply to you. They might 
you know, not apply to you at all, maybe one or two do. We're trying to get across to you that making sure that our sleep schedules are good, our diet's on point, we're exercising a good amount and our mental health is in check means that overall we can have better health. So they're not always going to be perfect all at once. But if there's a couple of things that we need to address, these might be some of them and they might help you to get that endorphin release that you need to make you feel a little bit better and make your day just 1% happier. A hundred percent. And guys, with all of that said, we want to sort of, I guess, reiterate that dips in your libido are completely normal. As we said, to begin with, it fluctuates. Um, different people have different levels of normal. Um, I personally think like, a lot of society's beliefs around how much other couples or other peoples are having sexual encounters or sex in general are largely overestimated maybe in my brain i feel like we just think that everyone yeah, else no. is having a bloody good time um and that maybe we're not sort of you know having as much sex and really that doesn't matter um your libido tailoring it to sort of your levels are completely fine and having dips in it are completely normal as well um but with that said if you are suffering so from chronic low libido or you are like feeling secondary mental health effects from that maybe compromise in your relationship whatever that may be 100% go and seek professional help either from your GP a psychologist um, both going to be very good sort of first persons to have a chat to. That's it. And the amount of people who have come to us both and said that your podcast has helped us to even do something like find a regular GP. I cannot tell you how happy that makes me because you guys have done all the hard work of going out there and getting the help. And the fact that I've or me and Maddie both together have encouraged you to do that warms our heart. So thank you so much. That to us is a huge support. Um, and yeah, this is the reason why we do the podcast. A hundred percent. I feel like I've said a hundred percent a million times in this episode, but again, <laughs> I couldn't agree with you more guys. That is what we are sort of here to do. It is the, the message, the, I guess the vibe behind 1% stronger is to just empower you guys with knowledge to be able to make, you know, good health choices for yourself. So we love that you guys are taking that rolling with it and looking after yourselves that little 1% more than maybe you were beforehand. That's it. So without further ado, guys, that's it for us this week. We'll be in your ears next week. And as always, chuck us a follow on Instagram and review us if you've got something nice to say about our podcast on whatever app you listen with. Wonderful, guys. Um, short and sharp this week, but we look forward to being back in your ears again next week. Bye. Bye, guys. <laughs>